My name is Terry, and I live in California. I am happy that I'm able to get IsraelNationalRadio.com. I can't believe that anybody in their right mind would be against Israel. My name's Ari. I'm from Long Island in New York, and I listen to IsraelNationalRadio.com. 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 Shalom and welcome to all of you lovers of Hashem, His Torah, and Israel. It's great to have you here today on the Noahide Nation Show. I'm your co-host, Ray Patterson, and of course, I'm here with my other co-host, Adam Penrod. Hey, Ray, how you doing? I'm doing well. You doing all right? I'm doing so well that if I were doing any better, it'd be illegal. Yeah, and as I mentioned uh, uh, before we came on the air, I, I had to, got to put my seatbelt on because I think the uh, discussion we've got coming up here is going to be very, very interesting, and I want to make sure I'm secure in my seat. Yes, strap down your, the top of your skull because your head's about to explode. We're going to have quite a show today. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, just as a reminder for everybody, we do want to continue to get your emails coming in. Please jot this down. It's noahide at israelnationalradio.com. Please keep them coming. We're responding to them as quickly as we can. And we always appreciate knowing that there's folks out there listening. It gives us ideas, you give us ideas, and we want to make sure that we're helping you because without you, this is not possible. So please keep those emails coming. Absolutely. Well, you know, today our guest is is someone who I've known for a little bit. Now, before I tell you who this person is, our topic today is, is a topic that we're all very interested in, and it is, is should we be doing outreach to the nations? Right. Really? Really, should the Jews be caring about the about the nations? Well, there's somebody caring. It's Yol Karen, and we have Yol Karen here, and he is the head of Lamikdash.com. He's also my uh, my, my co-moderator on Israel National News Tour for the Nations um, Tour Spirituality for the Nations. Yol, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, I'm very excited to uh, to have you on here. Uh, usually, most of our com- uh, uh, conversations have happened with on the forum, so it's kind of nice to talk to you on online. It's very nice to hear your voice. <laughs> so, I'm sure everybody here is wondering who Yol Karen is. Can you give us sort of a uh, the secret origins of Yol Karen here? The secret origins. Well, I'll tell you. I um, I was raised in a very very strict Christian home. I, my family lived sort of out in the middle of the woods on a, on a large piece of land. They didn't uh, go to any sort of an organized church. We held church in my grandmother's house. And I was always taught, to, you know, one of the things that my grandmother beat into me from, from day one was, don't listen to what I say, go look in the Bible, read it for yourself, that's where everything's at. So when I got older... I, I moved from home. I was married. My my wife wanted me to pick a church to go to. This was something that was that was totally new for me. I'd never uh, never looked at churches. I'd never really been in one, other than a few funerals here and there, weddings here and there. 
So I decided to really start tearing every denomination apart and looking into it and finding what was right for me. By the time I was finished, I decided that none of them were right for me and that the God of Israel was the only way to go. And I ended up converting to Judaism. I actually converted. I converted in a conservative synagogue in Oklahoma because at the time when I was living there, there was no choice. There was no Orthodox synagogue there. Yeah. Made Aliyah to Israel and converted again Orthodox. I've, I've married the same woman three times. <laughs> I married her once. A Baptist minister married us. The second time a conservative rabbi. And then the third time a real kosher wedding here in the land of Israel. Well, it's so, it's not it's not it's always nice to have repeat business. So I'm sure she's she's glad to <laughs> you know. Now on my way uh, out of regular church, I did end up um, when I was sort of looking for the the roots of Christianity and how things got to where they were. At one point, I ended up in a messianic congregation, and I thought, you know, this is it. This is this is what the real thing was like. You know, it's you walk in the door and you see all these people with big long beards and and talitot and and kipot, and you think, wow, this is this is what church was like in the first century. So I was very taken with it, and, and especially I wearing those uh, my problem, especially wearing those black hats and black jackets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that that was my problem. Was I I learned a little too much. I started to teach myself Hebrew, and then got a, got a hold of a Hebrew Bible in the Hertz Chumash, which I've heard you mention before. Yeah. And that that was the big problem because once I could turn and look at Isaiah and see what Isaiah actually said, and I could see this this ain't what Matthew says Isaiah said, and then um, that that was it for me. The whole thing, the whole house of cards started to crumble. And these people had no answers, and they, quite frankly, didn't like the questions. Right. So I slowly but surely moved my way out of, of Christianity altogether. And it's, it's a very frightening and soul-rending process to go through, and I'm sure, I'm sure you guys know. It's, you know. When you begin to learn, you begin to see the truth, you know it's there. But because of the way you've been raised and what's in your, in your mind from the time you were a child, you know, in the back of your mind is always something saying, you know, boy, if you're wrong, are you in big trouble? Oh yeah, in the fact, they're not they're not the shy they're learning. not shy about telling you about that either. You know, like I, I remember when I was leaving the messianic realm, the the first thing they came to me with is, why are you giving away your salvation? Said, well, I don't <laughs> I don't have any to give away, so <laughs> I never had it in the first right. place. Salvation for sale? It's a giveaway. No. Um, you know, for all the interesting things and important things you just said, there was one that really caught my attention, and that was you converted in Oklahoma? I converted in a conservative congregation. Are you an Oki? For the, the listeners who don't understand the difference, there are breakaway movements in Judaism, mainly confined to the United States, which have sort of... When you get right down to it, they've rejected the very essence of Judaism. Right. They've rejected the idea that um, that there is there is a God in heaven that gave literally gave the Torah to Moses on Mount Sinai, and every word of it is God breathed. They yeah. they've rejected this this idea. So, in places that don't have a strong Jewish community, these are the types of things that you see. These are the types of congregations that you get. These congregations that are really 
more like the more the extreme liberal branches of Christianity. Right. There's, 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 <laughs> to be quite honest with you, there's not a lot of theological difference between them. Right. Between the, the extreme liberal branches of Christianity and the extreme liberal branches of, of Judaism, or what they call Judaism. Well, even so the, even the services are very similar. This, I'm just saying, even some of the services are, you get kind of a churchy feel in some of these uh, conservative and reform uh, uh, Yeah, the, the, the so-called rabbis are up there in choir robes, and they... And they have these massive organs going, and it's just it's 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 exactly like high church. So, and and that's exactly what it's designed to to emulate. So once I realized that this whole thing was a sham and it wasn't for me, I decided I got to get out of here and I got to go to Israel. And this is this is the place where where I'm supposed to be. How can I get up every day and pray three times a day for God to bring me back to the land of Israel if I really have no intention of ever doing it? Mm. It's wasting my time and God's, and it's making me a liar. So. Yeah, I had to come. Well, let and me... sorry, go ahead. So once we got here, we, we we worked on getting a kosher conversion, and one of the things that that really I forgot to mention this earlier. One of the things that really pulled me towards Judaism was I went into a Christian bookstore, and I saw a video called Treasures of the Temple with Rabbi Chaim Richman, <laughs> and I was amazed to see that there were still Jews that really believed this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there are Jews who really believe that there ought to be a temple and that things ought to be done the way they were in the Bible. Wow. I, this is it. I said, this is, this is the thing for me. This is the Judaism I want. And I wasn't finding it where I was. And once I got here, I put myself in a position where I could get to it. Well, you, you were lucky to find something by, by uh, Rabbi Richmond then. Uh, it's kind I know, of, in, it's, in a Christian bookstore. In a Christian bookstore, I know. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> um, well, let me let me ask you this. Let me shift gears on you a little bit because this is inter- All this is interesting because it really leads up to the, the sort of the, the the thrust of this show, and that is Noahide outreach or, or what we call just general outreach to non-Jews. Um, you've mm-hmm. kind of you've kind of done the gamut from uh, Christianity to Orthodox Jew, and uh, now you're actually uh, you're actually doing some outreach, but. From our experience, even on our own on the forum that we we moderate together, there seems to be some opposition to doing this. Uh, what is this opposition? What is it about? Should we really be out there doing any kind of outreach to non-Jews? Absolutely, we should be. Absolutely, we should be. And and I'm going to what I intend to try to show you today in the audience is that not only should we be, that we are commanded to do so. Oh, excellent! That we have an absolute wow. commandment to do so. Excellent. So. The like I said, the a lot of what I've been doing lately, and it's from the shows that I've done with Yishai Fleischer. I get a lot of emails, phone calls, correspondence. There's people coming to my home to visit me while they're in Israel. I've been counseling a lot of Christians, former Christians, people on their way out, one foot out the door, not sure if they really want to be. But this idea of of really going out and taking the Torah to the nations, it's something that's still a bit new for me. And when you look back into history, look back into the Talmud and into even the historical writings of people like Josephus, you can see that this was done. In the first century, the rabbis were very zealously out seeking converts, and, and they were very, extremely successful, according to Josephus. They were now, actually, what put a stop to it? Why is there this, this opposition? Why don't we see it done today? Quite simple, Christian persecution. When when Jews are being burned at the stake just for being Jews, right? 
And when Jews are being burned at the stake and, and Gentiles being burned at the stake for even considering converting to Judaism, there's really not a lot to talk about there. You know, how should we go about reaching out to the right. nations? And how, this is sort of a non-issue. So things are different today. The world is different. All of this came from the Jewish people being in no position to, out, to, to reach out to the nations. Now things are different. We're on our own soil now. We can speak openly. We can, we can bring the truth to the world. And we should be. Today, I, I had a conversation with Rabbi Chaim Richmond. And I told him that I was going to be on, on the show today. And he says to me, Yoel, I want you to go look at this Rambam. Now, one thing is that a lot of people ask, why, do you guys, why are you guys always referencing the Rambam? Why are you always, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, he's not the be-all and end-all of, of everything Jewish. Right. The reason that we go to the Rambam so much on issues like this is because he simply happens to be the Jewish sage that writes about these issues the most. Right. And so we have to, we we're obviously going to rely heavily on him because he had the most to say on the issue. So, like, I, like you said earlier, we've got people saying it is forbidden to do such a thing. And this is, again, reactionary because we, whenever Jews haven't done something for hundreds of years, they tend to think that they can't or they shouldn't. Right. It's just like ascending the Temple Mount. It's the same attitude. The Muslims banned Jews from going up. Jews weren't allowed to go up for several hundred years. And so now they say Jews can't go up. It's totally untrue. And right. so back, getting back to the Rambam, Chaim tells me, you've got to look at this. You've got to study it. You have to understand this particular passage from the Rambam, and you've got to make it a part of whatever you're doing. So I thought to myself, okay, let's, let's go have a look at it and see what he's talking about. I already had stuff prepared I was going to talk about today. <laughs> so Chaim tells me, no, go look at this. That's what you get for talking to the rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> so I go have a look at it, and what is it? It says, anyone who does not wish to is not compelled to accept the Torah and commandments. Instead, Moshe Rabbeinu commanded, at the word of the Almighty, to compel all those who come into the world to accept the commandments which were commanded to Noah, anyone who will not accept receives capital punishment. Now, look, I've seen this Rambam before, and I've seen myself, Rabbi Richmond, what are you doing to me? <laughs> I'm, I'm going on the Noahide Nations today. I had some really nice stuff prepared, and now you want me to go on the show and tell everybody that, look, Rambam says it's our way or off with your head. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I did not feel comfortable with this at all. And we get a lot of that, so, too, But I trust Chaim Richmond. <laughs> I trust him, and I sat down, and I read, and I read again, and I studied, and I quickly realized that I had totally misunderstood this Rambam. Huh. I totally didn't get what he was saying here. Okay? So first, I want, I want everybody to understand that the Rambam is speaking of an idyllic situation where righteous judges and or prophets are ruling Israel. The second thing everyone needs to understand about this is it's crucial to understand that in that idyllic state, this same law would apply to Jews. Hmm. You know, it, it's, it's not as if the Rambam is saying, you know, non-Jewish life is expendable, they don't go our way, that's it. No, this exact same law would apply to the Jews. Think about it. When King David was ruling Israel, and the prophet Nathan was there to advise him, and Israel had courts with righteous judges on them, what do you think would have happened? If an Israelite would have come before those judges and said, look, guys, I, I decided there's no God, and I refuse to keep the commandments that apply to me. 
Yeah. Now, obviously, under Torah law, that person would have received the death penalty. And it's exactly the same type of situation that Rambam is explaining here in regards to the non-Jew. So, obviously, today, we aren't living in a time where we have righteous judges and prophets ruling Israel. So this whole death penalty idea is not applicable to any of us right now, Jew or Gentile. Right. But the commandment of compulsion is still incumbent upon each and every one of us. If I see a Jew that's purposely violating the Sabbath, God forbid, I have a commandment to do everything in my power to show him that he's in error and bring him back into the fold. And there are dozens of organizations out there today and tens of millions of dollars being spent every year for doing just that. And it's a wonderful thing, and they should be doing it. But what the Rambam has just informed us is that just as we have to reach out and compel the wayward Jew to come back into his covenant with the Almighty, so too we have to work with all our hearts to bring every soul on this earth back into their covenant with the Almighty. The Rambam says, Moshe Rabbeinu commanded at the word of the Almighty to compel all those who come into the world to accept the commandments which were commanded to Noah. Wow. And everyone who accepts the seven laws and is careful to do them, this person is one of the Hasidei Umot Olam, the righteous among the nations, and he has a portion in the world to come. I have a commandment to be a light to the nations. Every Jew has this commandment. It's spelled out very plainly here. And just because we were persecuted for thousands of years, and especially in the last several hundred years, and not able to do this commandment, there's no reason now that we shouldn't be doing it. And if we really want the redemption and we really love the world, we have to go out. And we have to, as, as the, the late Rabbi Shlomo Karlbach said, we have to go to the world and say, Oh, we have such great merchandise. <laughs> and he was not wrong. I'm telling you what, that's, a, uh, that's an, an amazing statement. And, and I've never really heard uh, that bit of Rambam uh, explained in, in such a way. And it also doesn't surprise me that it was Rabbi Richmond who brought it to your attention. Uh, he has a habit of doing that at uh, uh, seemingly odd times, but that's when it has the most impact as well. Yeah, yeah. He's, I, I'm very close to him, and I, you know, who would have thought that one day I walked into that store and picked up that video, and one day, I, I, in a million years, if you had told me, you know, in just a few years, you're going to be close friends with this guy, and you're going to see him all the time, and talk to him on the phone every week, and I would have never believed it. But uh, Hashem just does things. So so going to this idea that um, there, you have a commandment as a Jew to compel uh, non-Jews, not through capital punishment in these days, but to compel them to keep the seven laws. Well, what does that mean? How do you carry out that mitzvah in the world? Well, really, like even today, really the word compel, this, this part of the commandment even is not entirely applicable today because compel obviously means to coerce. Mm-hmm. And again, the same law for the Jew. Back in the day when there was a Sanhedrin and there was a king and prophets, Jews were compelled to keep the Torah. They didn't, have, they didn't keep the Torah. I didn't have to have a convincing argument for the person to, to make him you know, keep the Torah. They, they had to. Right. So, and, and this was the same situation that Ramon was talking about with the non-Jew. Today, we don't have this. The death penalty is out, and really the compulsion is also. And the compulsion is replaced with persuasion and with counseling and with teaching. This is, this is what we have today. This is exactly what we use on, with, with Jews that have gotten off the path 
and have been fooled and blinded by the, the things in the world. This is what we do to bring them back. We, we speak to them. We love them. We teach them. And the exact same thing goes for the non-Jew. We love them, we teach them, and we try to bring them in. The, the Rambam also, in, in one of his, he has his responsa, where people ask questions, and he would respond and make rulings for them. Yeah. He specifically says we may teach the commandments to Christians. He singles out Christians in order to pull them toward our religion because they believe that the Torah is from heaven. Mm. Wow. That's, that's true. Yeah. That's very true. And it's uh, amazing that it's that it's coming about now, and yet it has taken so long to get to this point. And and I'm wondering if you kind of have a, a similar feeling that other rabbis have shared with me that it is at, it's at the urging of Noahides, Gentiles who have made that journey without a lot of help from rabbis, and all of a sudden we just like we're there, and here we were urging them, or let's, let's use uh, uh, grabbing a hold of their zitzit. We've heard that God is with you. Uh, and I think a, a lot of this, and some of the rabbis have actually acknowledged it and shared it with me, that it's because you guys, you're the ones who brought this problem on us. Now we have to do this mitzvot, which we should have been doing all along. And I'm wondering if, you're, if you've kind of got that sense as well. The sense that... Uh, that, that it's no high the Noahides are sort of pushing the thing. Right. Yeah, absolutely, because, listen, the, the Ben Noach, and, and again, really, Haim explained this to me again today, Ben Noach can be sort of a misnomer, because physically, genetically, we're all Ben Noach. Right. It's this term of Hasid, it's a Hasid Umot Olam, the righteous among the nations. These are the people that are coming to us and latching on to us and saying, we're going with you because now we know God is with you. The trick is, whoever they latch on to, has to be fairly certain that God is with them. Right. <laughs> and that's, you know, th- th- these are the rabbis that are willing to step out of their comfort zone and do something. If they really believe that God is with us, then they will come forward and help. But yes, it's, it's for sure. I'm seeing that. The, the B'nai Noah are, are begging for help. They're, they're asking for teaching. And, you know, on the one hand, we have to realize that the Jews just haven't been doing this. They haven't been in a position to do it. So it's sort of unfamiliar territory for them. Well, it's and just... really, I think a lot of this, the, the, the good response, the helpful response, is going to come out of Israel, because this is where Judaism is truly alive. Well, you know what, and that's a, a great place to uh, bring this segment to a close, because we're bumping up against the bottom half of the hour again. And uh, we're going to need to uh, take a break here. We're, we're speaking with Yoel, who's just got a wonderful story, and I'm, I'm still excited. I'm afraid to take my seatbelt off at this point. Uh, but, folks, please do stick with us. Uh, we'll be back on the other side and, and talk some more with our wonderful guest on the Noahide Nation show right here on IsraelNationalRadio.com. Stick around, folks. We're going to be right back, I promise. Help Israel National Radio by writing a customer review on iTunes. It's a free way to help support Israel and the shows you love on iTunes so other people can also discover us. Israel National Radio is listener-supported radio. Show us you care. 
by donating to your favorite free internet radio broadcasting the truth live from Israel click on support us on the top of israelnationalradio.com there's a crisis going on the nation is under threat and Israel National News Arut Sheva Israel National Radio it's a small group of us that feed the world Zionist community about what is happening in the Holy Land and we provide the balance we provide the information when folks want to know what's happening that's Tovia Singer the Chief Rabbi of News Talk Radio live every Tuesday through Thursday and archived on IsraelNationalRadio.com Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Noahide Nation show here on IsraelNationalRadio.com. I'm Ray Patterson. Adam Penrod is still here with me, and we're anxious to bring back our our guest, uh, Yol Karen, uh, who has a wonderful website at uh, www.lamigdash.com. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about that as as well, uh, Yol, while you're here. Sure, sure. I I have my seatbelt on also, so I should be okay. <laughs> Good man. Uh, the site, you know, I've, I've never had any experience running a website or anything at all. And a friend of my my partner in crime, so to speak, my neighbor, Baruch Ben Yosef, a friend of his, his name is David Mark, he donated this site to us. And you know, we didn't know what to do with it. So I got on and I started tinkering around with it and uh, started adding photos and adding things to the forum, writing some articles, and went in and started goofing around and created a logo. And before I knew it, I had an okay website. And we decided (laughs) to use it to sort of um, start promoting the idea of temple Judaism. Because really, Judaism is, is a religion of sacrifices and temple. This is, I don't want to say that this is all there is to Judaism, but Judaism without it, is really not the real McCoy. If you go through the Torah and look at how many mitzvot are related to the to the sanctuary and the offerings and everything, this is part and parcel of everything that we are. Right. So it's you know we've just sort of divorced ourselves from it over the last couple thousand years. Judaism is sort of, in my opinion, devolved into just sort of writing all of this off as something in the past. We've evolved past that. We don't need it anymore, and it's not true at all. So. Like I said, when I saw that video and I saw that there were still Jews that believed in this, I said, I got to find those guys, I got to get with them, and I got to make this my mission. So that's really what this site is all about educating the public, showing people how they can do something about it. We're going to go up um, Erev Pesach. Actually, the same day that the lambs would have been slaughtered, we're going on Harabayat, we're going up to the Temple Mount, and there's a special blessing that's said only once every 28 years, and it has to do with the with um, the God creating the sun. And it's a blessing God for creating the sun. And this is only said once every 28 years, and it's going to be on that day, and we are going to say it on the Temple Mount. Wow. wow. So there's, there's an announcement about that on the site. Try to keep people up on current events, and I deal a lot with the different theories as to where the temple stood, where the Holy of Holies was, where the altar was, and scientifically dissect all of these different theories. And I've spent hours on Harabayat with the world's most prominent archaeologist studying this, and I really put years into into the work. 
and it's really it's a, it's a passion of mine, and uh, the site is finally giving me a chance to put some of it out there for the people to see. It's a wonderful website. I've enjoyed uh, you know going to it. In fact, it's on my recommended list. Uh, you know, I make people always ask me, well, what website should we go to? And I put that on there because you know very much not only is the the issue of the Temple Mount important to Israel, it's fundamental to the nations because um, you know we lost so much. When Israel stopped making the sacrifices, uh, especially over Sukkot, uh, when Israel specifically made sacrifices for the nations, we lost that blessing. You know, of course, brings brings to mind the notion of, uh, you know, I will bless them that bless you and curse those that curse you. And Israel very much does bless the nations. You know, I, I always like the idea that, uh, I believe it says in the Talmud, that if the nations really knew what the the sacrifices were for them, not only would they not destroy or attack Israel, they would place armed guards all over the land just to make sure that Israel was safe so they could they could they could, you know, carry out this this work. And if PETA truly yeah, understood the the sacrifices and how they were done, uh, they'd have to fold up tent. Right. Uh, which, well, that sooner rather than later is, is fine with me. Uh, Yola, I'm, I'm kind of curious, along your journey Going from you know Christianity into the Messianic movement to conservative Judaism, uh, you know all the way to Orthodox Judaism. At any point during this journey, did you ever run into Noahide? I ran into the idea. I, I read very little about it, and I didn't. Uh, at the time, you know, this was boy. Let's say this is probably we're, we're talking ten years ago or okay. more now. Okay. There was material out there, but not a lot. Right. Yeah. And I was just beginning myself to be exposed to the Internet. Hmm. And so, you know, that's, and I think that is where really the, the material and, and the, the Noahide movement has really blossomed is through the Internet, exposing people to ideas that they, you know, a few decades ago they would have never heard of in their entire lives. And so the Internet was really starting to become mainstream around that time. And I, I didn't have that much exposure to it. And I'm not sure that at the time it would have made a whole lot of difference for me because, like I say, I, when I counsel people that are coming out of Christianity and they say, well, what should I do? Should I be, a ben, should I, you know, be like a Ben Noach or should I convert? That is between each and every person and God Almighty, and I have nothing to say about it. It's just, you know, some people are wired a certain way. Their soul is wired a certain way. And whatever God's plan is and will is for them, that's that's what they should do, and they should they should really, you know, seek and pray and talk to God about that. So, I'm I was wired, I guess, to be a Jew, and that's what it was intended for me. And so I never really, I didn't know a lot about it. I didn't know a lot about the the Noahide movement. Like I say, heard a few things here and there, but no, I really didn't have a lot of exposure to it. Okay. Now, do you, uh, when you're doing this counseling, do you share the Noahide laws with these folks, or what exactly are you doing? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. A lot of what happens is, as a result of me being on one of these shows with Yishai Fleischer, where he specifically addresses Christians, a flood of emails will come after these shows, and Mm -hmm. they come to him, and then he forwards them to me. Sometimes... It'll be a person who just wants to fight and just wants to argue, and you can see they don't really care what I'm going to say to them, when I, how I'm going to answer them. Sure. Some of these are people that they say, I'm a Christian, and I believe, but I wanted to know more about what you said about uh, this prophecy in Isaiah, or this prophecy 
in Ezekiel. What did you mean by that? And how do we know it really says? So they ask questions. We get into the details. And then eventually some of these people decide, you know, you're right. I can't, I can't deny the fact that the scriptures say what they say. And the New Testament says something totally different. I can't deny this anymore. So that's, that's what I'm doing when I'm, when I'm in the counseling. I deal a lot with texts. That's, that's the primary focus of what I do. And explaining to people that uh, when they say, but, but you know, I, I felt like I communicated with God before. I really felt like God was, was with me in a certain situation. And, and now you're telling me it was all a lie, and I just imagined it all. You know, you have to explain to me, no, that's not at, at all <laughs> right. what's going on. Right. I'm not saying God wasn't with you when you were in that car crash right. and God didn't save you. I, what I'm saying is God is all merciful, and even though you may have been calling on his name in an improper way, he judges hearts, and he knows that you, you only wanted to know him. But you, were, you, were, you made a mistake. You didn't know any better. Right. You were doing what you knew how to do. But now that you know more of the truth, we need to move on. We all need to mature and grow up. Is there a way uh, through your website, or do you have something uh, separate from the website for people who are you know, Christians contemplating this question or, or Muslim or Buddhist or what have you? Is there a way that they can contact you directly? Certainly, if you know any of them want to, they're more than welcome to press an interest through our email address. But is there a way that they can kind of circumvent that and get to you directly? Yeah, absolutely. The on the website you can go to well, just info at dot com. That's that's a direct email to me, and anyone can contact me. So the website itself, like I say, it doesn't deal a lot with that. It's more focused just on the Temple Mount. There is one section on there about why. How, how do Jews obtain forgiveness without a temple and sacrifices? This is a, a crucial piece of dialogue between Jews and Christians. So there is a section that, that deals with that, an article that I've written on that. But the website itself really doesn't deal with these types of issues. This is more just something I, I deal with personally, one-on-one, between me and, and the person who's interested or questioning. So, yes, anyone who wants to, feel free. You're not, you're not bothering me. A lot of people say, I, I don't feel, I, I feel bad taking up your time. No, believe me, this is what I live for, and this is, this is what God put me on the earth to do, and bother me. Well, <laughs> yo, we, we've talked uh, in, our, in our conversation about the obligation that Israel has to reach out and uh, you know, get, get the non-Jew on this path. And you've, you've talked a little bit about how you've actually had those interactions and have guided people. Let me ask you a question. What do you think is the most effective way, or what do you think we ought to be doing to, to, to start really doing a good job of getting this Noahide message out there more than it is now? Is there, is there any, any suggestions or ideas or anything that you've experienced personally that makes you think there's a, a good way of going about this? You know, I really think I, I have seen some of the best success through the Internet. I really think the Internet is a powerful tool that Hashem, you know, listen, anything can be used for great evil or great good. But it was actually, I think it was the, the convincing, the really convincing thing that really made me, that really put the first chink in my Christian armor was one of my, when I first started experimenting with the Internet, I ran into a website. I don't remember what it was now, but it, was, it had Tobia Singer. And he wrote an, an article about Ezekiel 18. Mm. And... That it changed my life. It really changed my life. That reading that one article on the internet, and like I said, it's 50 years ago. 
a guy that may have become, you know, a righteous Gentile, may have converted to Judaism. He would have, he's out in the middle of the swamps in Louisiana. In a million years, he's never going to have the exposure to the information that he needs. Right. Nowadays, with the Internet, we can get to everybody. So I really think, you know, these types of forums, like on, like we're moderating now on Arut Sheva, I think this is an incredible, incredible tool. And I really thank uh, Israel National News for allowing us the opportunity to, to use their website to, to put the message out. Oh, it's incredible. I, I, you know, I, I was so thrilled, you know, number one, being asked to do it. And, I mean, number two, or even more, or even number one, that, uh, that they even considered that, this, that they should be doing something like that. So I was, you know, I've always been, I've been so pleased that they thought to make this forum, and, and I think it is a good means of, uh, of, of, of talking to people and, and helping to give them some of the guidance that they need. Um, also, this radio show is also an, another amazing uh, opportunity, I think, to really get some information. You know, we've, we've gotten mail about, you know, people saying that, you know, you know some, some, some uh, shows on keeping the Noahide laws and shows on uh, Tears of Noahide, here's their story. And we're getting mail saying, thank you. We've been, we've been needing this for so long. We've been, we've been wanting something like that. If there's, if there's one thing that I would make a suggestion, though, is is that I think the the one criticism I have with the internet is sometimes people feel like because it is so easy to get the information that that maybe they don't have to do anything beyond having the information, and I think sometimes maybe the internet makes it a little too easy. I would like to see people, especially those kind of in the middle of nowhere, I'd like to see them do one of two things, and it's a little bit difficult, but I think it'll, it's very rewarding. I'd like to see them either get with friends and families and start having their own little Torah studies together. Or I would like to see a willingness of Noahides to actually move and be around other Noahides because I really do think that to sustain this whole organ this whole movement, um, you're gonna need to develop stronger communities. And I think one of the things that's gonna take is the willingness or the desire or, or, or the the stubbornness to seek out um or, or to have Noahide communities. Um, I'd like to see that I think a lot more. You're right on the money with this. This is something that I've been wanting to address on the forum as well. And like you said, it is difficult. You're telling someone, pick up and move, you know, so you can build a community. But community is where everything happens, not only with Noachides, but within Judaism also. If a person comes to a rabbi, you know, like I said, again, we'll use the example of some guy out in the middle of nowhere, calls up a rabbi in, in the big city and says, you know, listen, this is the decision I've come to. I want to convert. The rabbi is not going to touch him if he's going to stay out there in the middle of nowhere. Right. Because he has no chance of survival and of, and of living a Jewish life and of even learning and picking things up. When I convert, when we converted here in Israel, even after having been through the conservative conversion, when we came to Israel, I knew and I was learning every day and all the laws of Shabbat and everything. It was incredibly difficult until I moved into a religious community. Sure. And went every Shabbat, and I'm with people in the songs, and you see and you watch and the way people are doing things, and, and it all just sort of starts to sink in and become normal for you and reinforce. This is the way we teach values. This is the way that we, we teach people tradition. It's by living it with a community that supports you, and they're also in the same boat that you are, and they're all doing the same thing that you are. So it's, it's, it's crucial to start to build Noahide communities. 
And it's not an easy thing. It's easy to say it, but it's not easy to do. But it's something we really have to sit down and start planning on and talking about and finding solutions to it. And again, on the radio shows, again, let me, let me just give you an example of the power of these shows on, on Arut Sheva. The first time Yishai had me on, I was on for 20 minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I know of five people that left Christianity and came to a knowledge of, of the, the one God of Israel. Wow. As a result of that 20 minutes, a 20-minute investment on the, part of, on the part of Israel National News and letting me run my mouth a little bit. And, <laughs> you know, five souls were changed. And that's important. Even if it was only one, that's worth the 25th. That's worth a 20-hour investment. Sure. But 20 minutes does that. And you think about all the millions that evangelical Christianity spends to do this. We're not, I'm not even going out and handing out flyers and knocking on doors and everything. It's 20 minutes, and they come. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing the way God works. People are definitely hungry for this. They're out there, and really I think most of them are sitting there. They don't really know what to do with themselves. And, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, fewer and fewer Christians have a traditional theology about Christianity. I, I don't know how many times I've, I've talked to someone who told me they were a Christian, and then I go, well, how can you believe that Jesus is God? And they'll look at me surprised and they'll go, well, I don't believe that. That's absurd. And I go, this, this is my turn to be shocked and surprised. And I go, well, you're not a Christian then. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a fundamental belief. Well, I, don't, I don't agree with that. You know, it's, you know, so I think fewer and fewer actually, you know, um, um, having those traditional values. I think, it's Protest- I think it's Protestant Christianity's own fault because they, they founded their entire movement on, on protesting and, and uh, going against the grain. But, you know, I think that's a good thing. works out for us. But, uh, <laughs> yep, yep. Extremely well. Things, yes. are, things are changing for sure. You can't go into a, a discussion with a Christian anymore with, with assumed theology on, right. on his part. You, you have to ask the questions, what do you believe about this? What do you think about that? You can't go into it assuming what he's, what he's going to say, because things really are changing. Sure. Right. In fact, uh, I want to give my own endorsement of uh, Israel National Radio and uh, Route 7 as well, because uh, Yishai and his wife uh, Malka were uh, very gracious and came to the World Conference of the Nohide Nations held in Fort Lauderdale last year. And they flew all the way from Israel to do this. And Yishai's uh, lecture was on the support that Noahides, that the Noahide movement has from Israel National Radio. And even since then, that, that short time ago, Arut 7 has gotten very heavily involved with the ultimate goal of getting Torah to the nations getting it out to Gentiles. I mean, they have taken up the torch for this and are really carrying it to to great lengths at great expense, and it's a a miraculous and admirable effort that they're putting forth, and and I just can't say enough about it and can't thank them enough for, you know, little old me having the opportunity to be a part of it. It's it's just a miracle. It really is great. And, you know, we were talking about the, uh, the radio shows and the forum, a lot of people have this idea that the forum is really, it's this virtual discussion. You're really not, you don't know who you're talking to on the other end, and you don't know what's going on. But people should know that there are real discussions going on with real people, and real lives are being changed. And, and it gets very personal very quick, and it goes from being on the, the forum to a personal message, then to a phone call, and then sometimes even to a face-to-face meeting. I have had people that have heard me on Israel National News show up on my doorstep. Wow. And, and it happens. 
just the other day there was a guy that he was he was distressed because he had written a few things to Tobias Singer, and and Rabbi Singer hadn't uh, responded to him, and he didn't understand why. Sure. And I spoke to Tovia, and Tovia was he was oh my gosh, I you know get me his phone number right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's and you see, it's 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 real. There's real work being done. We're real people. It's not a forum. Can is a very real thing. Sure. Well, you know, and just to to say something about Rabbi Singer, I've I've attended several of Rabbi T- Singer's lectures. I've written him. I've written him, and I've called him over the years. I don't know if he knows if he remembers me or knows me or whatever. But I'll tell you this: this one thing I found out with Rabbi Singer, and that is he really does care. I mean, he is. If he knows you're trying to contact him, he knows you're you know you're you're desperately looking to talk to him. He will drop everything and he will talk to you. He's just an amazing rabbi. He's you know he's he's really one of those rabbis who you you, you talk to him, you just go. Wow, this religion of Judaism. I mean, it's how it produces these incredible guys. It, I mean, you have Rabbi Richmond, you have you know Rabbi Singer, you have all these guys, and you're just blown away with the character and who these guys are. The fact that they care. I think number one above anything, above and beyond anything else. I think one thing that the Noahide would like to know is the rabbis care, and you know what they do. The, the right rabbis, the, the right rabbis do, and uh, the right Jews do. You do. And uh, I've really, you know, enjoyed having you on on the list, and uh, it's just very, uh, very good to know that uh, that this movement is moving forward and has the support of people like yourself and the rabbis. And um, and uh, so, thank you very much for for the work you've been doing. And thank you, thank you for for inviting me to to be a moderator and, to, and for having me on the show. And uh, you know, I can't uh, can't thank you enough. Well, and from me, I think uh, all of us. Putting forth uh, a, this this kind of team effort, oftentimes we we go through this journey and in, in, in the things that we're working on, feeling like we're alone. And it's great to have an opportunity to speak with other people, even though you may not see them in the game. They are definitely in the game in a big way. And I have to uh, tell you, Joe, it's a pleasure for me to meet you because you're one of those guys. And and I love what what you're doing, Baruch Hashem, and and may Hashem continue to bless you and your work. You know, and you know, just just spitballing an idea out there. Sometime, you know, our discussion with you about the temple and about uh, the temple for, for for the nations. I would really like to have you back sometime to talk about the temple and its relationship to the nations. Absolutely, absolutely. It's 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 again. It is part and parcel of Judaism. The, the temple being there for the nations. When King Solomon dedicated the first temple, it, it was. A large part of the the prayer that he gave to dedicate the temple was about the nations. Amen. So it, it, Amen. This is what it was for, a house of prayer for all nations. All right. Well, let's go ahead and bring this to a close, and uh, I hate to do that because this is just a, a great conversation, and maybe we can continue it uh, after after we're off the air. But, folks, we appreciate you sticking with us. We, we thank uh, Yoel for taking the time to, to be with us. It was a privilege and an honor. And we'd like to invite you all back next week because we've got another big show coming at you. Right here on Israel National Radio, we're Noahide Nations. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, always look to the heavens for your support and your help from Hashem because, friends, He's always looking out for you. I used to get up all the time at night to go to the bathroom. 
It was driving me crazy. I tried every different kind of prescription medication out there. Finally, I found Preso brand Apuntima. It comes in men's and women's formulas, is an all-natural herbal remedy that helps with urinary problems. Get Preso. It helped me, and it can help you too. Visit Preso.com. That's Preso.com. Shalom a todos nuestros queridos oyentes. Tarut Sheva, la Radio Nacional de Israel. Bienvenidos a nuestro programa Leche y Miel. Quien les habla, Rafael Kaufman. Tune in to Leche y Miel, the Spanish Hour with Rafael Kaufman. Live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Israel time and available as a podcast on IsraelNationalRadio.com. News, music, politics, Torah and more. Leche y Miel, the Spanish Hour on Israel National Radio.